Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strain Sessions. I am Krista. With me is Kurt and special guest today in the studio. <laughs> Krista loves that Bigfoot, Bigfoot. toy. <laughs> I do. I forgot we, about it yeah, until we walked I showed in the, up. walked into the room and she was like, oh, the Bigfoot toy. She I forgot about that. I immediately had to make it howl. Whoa. <laughs> that sounded that adult. Sound a little adult. <laughs> How well, are you doing? I'm good. We originally um, had canceled today and rescheduled for tomorrow because we were supposed to get anywhere from four to ten inches. They were saying of snow. like three to six inches, but then oh, here they said four to ten in our, my yeah. area. And but like I said, I with my car, people have driven in my car with me during like a little bit of snow, and they're it's like, a harrowing dude, event. they're like, what? You know, like I said, there's something jacked up with my tires or mm, something that, like I said, maybe. my car slides on fog, so I don't want to <laughs> be coming here and. Three Is inches your car four wheel drive too? No, or, oh, no, it's not. No, it looks like it seems like it should be. Yeah, it was even bad today because it's a Kia Soul, so it's basically. A, a box, box on wheels. And, and it's really windy out. <laughs> and then really part of the windy. drive here is like in the middle of the country. So there were times really where hilly. I'd be going between two fields, and my car would be like blowing all over the road. That's crazy. But hey, it didn't snow. We got nothing. We yeah, we did. We had a couple flakes on the way here that I was. Oh, like, I didn't oh, even I notice that. Yeah, but I think we're doing okay. Yeah, we're okay. sorry we couldn't get together last time. But, but we had a good backup we, episode. We our one backup episode. Yeah, our one backup yeah. episode. Krista, so, we were messaging this week and we're like, we got to get more backup episodes. Yeah, if anything happens between now and like yeah. s- true spring, yeah. you're going to be out an episode for a week. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we should just do our holiday break from November till <laughs> right. June or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll just record every day. I think people would riot. I think people would riot too. Uh, we got shout outs for our newest strangers, and those are Michelle Cosgrave, Lauren Marsh, Courtney Cal, Heather Elizabeth, Megan Bish, Aaron Bailey, Eve Davis, Elizabeth Lowry, David Lamarco, Kelly Spence, Sabrina Renee, Alice Kuntz, Shield Dame, Randy Lojeski, and Luke Springer. Hey, Aaron Bailey. He's a follower on Instagram, and he, he comments on a lot of nice. our stuff. Nice. We only had one person join in the last two weeks, I believe. So so, so all these people were from... Before, oh, yeah. Wow. So we kind of plateaued. Yeah, though. we kind of plateaued. But I don't know if me changing the group name, because you and I were getting hammered with people wanting to join that were... That obviously yeah. were like in the middle of Russia or something like that. And, yeah. And... But... We th- and it's weird because we get like three people from the same area yeah. and nobody would answer the questions. Yeah. So. But then we found out that if you try to join and then look and realize that's not what you wanted and back out, it still shows that you want to join. Yeah. I wish it would delete that. Yeah. I do Facebook, too. Facebook, can you work on that? We know Facebook's listening. Yeah. I'm they're, sure they're they listen to everything. Listening. So yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we changed the group's name. So hopefully that doesn't cause any confusion any yeah any confusion it's not like it's drastically changed hey i also wanted to mention i was looking at our reviews on itunes which are actually really good most of them are five stars so holy crap thank you you told me about about people's kind of complaint the people there the two top complaints were they don't like our accents and they can't handle it (laughs) well too bad yep sorry this is how i talk yep (laughs) and the other was that oh my god they just talked about nothing for the first 20 minutes so we totally get it. If you don't want to listen yeah. to us, go through housekeeping, do the taste test, look at your show notes. Kurt has put in there what the time stamp is for when we actually yeah. start the topic. I'm not offended if you skip through no. this stuff. All I can say to that is TFB. <laughs> um, 
too bad with something else in the middle because this is this is this is our format we love it yeah and it's this wasn't like really planned it just kind of grew it it evolved into what it is and at this point i think it's a beast of its own so i don't think we can change it no and our strangers seem to like it there's people that have said that they originally didn't like listening to us talk at the beginning but then once they felt like they knew us better they kind of liked it so it was like listening to friends catching up with friends you know yeah so yeah if you don't like it sorry move along yeah skip fast forward there's to much the better podcast than ours out there <laughs> <laughs> or just skip this part i'm yeah. okay with that i do that on other shows i listen to which i don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore no. but housekeeping uh, housekeeping oh, i wanted to mention there's a listener on instagram i don't think he's a stranger siri siren thompson um he had left a comment i think he kind of found us a little late and was catching up but it said this sh- and this was from probably a month or so ago maybe the show on the empaths had me pacing the floors at 4 a.m. I now know what's wrong with me, LOL. Looking forward to the next show. Drive a taxi at night. Haven't felt alone so much on the roads lately. The Panama Girls was a great show, too. Keep them coming. Yay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I And I commented, we love hearing how we keep people company. I know, so. I know. I love that. That's kind of cool. Uh, some housekeeping I have. I want to give a shout out to Ellen Kaloran. Yes. She is a... This is so cool. Yeah, she's like a true crime writer, uh, reporter. And she has done a lot of true crime stuff. And she has had articles published in Forbes magazine, Rolling Stone magazine, and others. And I got an email from her one day. And she gave us an awesome shout out because she is doing an online article about the disappearance of a Michigan man named Stephen Kubaki. Okay. Uh, This actually came up when I was researching for the Lake Michigan Triangle stuff. And I kind of went down this rabbit hole of his disappearance a little bit, but I didn't put it in the episode, I don't believe. Okay. Uh, it's almost more of a missing 411 situation. He I, he turned up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of speculation about what happened. It's a bizarre story. Should we do an episode on yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would like to. I would <laughs> okay. like to. Uh, it would be great if Ellen could come here <laughs> when yeah. we actually did that one. That'd be awesome. But she used our she found us doing the google search and she listened to our lake michigan triangle episode and she really liked it so she contacted me and asked me like where i got some of the information from so i sent her like the show notes and all that so she's really cool and she mentioned us she gave us a super nice shout out she has an online article like an online journal okay. where she puts these and this is where the, the story about Stephen Kubaki is. So I will put a link to that in the strangers Facebook group. Do you have to sign up to be able to read it though? There's a thing, there's like an email box to subscribe, but underneath it, there's a thing that says, uh, let me read without okay. subscribing and then you can read it. Okay. And it's really good, but she gives us like a super sweet shout out, which awesome. is awesome. Well, so thank, thank you, you so much, Ellen. So yeah, that was kind of, so cool. it was funny because I got the email from her and I'm, I'm, talking to her that's the one where you was it you that said it was funny where she wanted to talk to me on the phone I'm and like, could, Kurt, you could see that i was like totally <laughs> yeah considering i like talking on the podcast i hate talking to people on the phone i'm reading these emails and I'm like he needs to just tell her he can't talk on the phone <laughs> i eventually did <laughs> okay, i was like dancing around the subject for a while <laughs> i remember you messaged me laughing about that oh that was funny but uh she's just really cool so thank you so much ellen and I'll, like I said, I'll put the link to her article in the Strangers Facebook group. And I also want to give a shout out to Stranger Brian Young. Yeah. 
sender of the awesome uh, sponge candy. And he also makes these funny, like, oh he does, God. like, photoshopping <laughs> or does. something. Like, puts my face it. on the Mona, the Mona Lisa. Lisa. It's yeah. really funny. Yep. That he has a podcast of his own now called Transatlantic History Ramblings with Lauren and Brian. And I listened to the first episode last night, and it's really good. Okay. They, uh, she is in England, and he's here, and they're doing it. So they it. Skype it? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. and how's the sound quality? Good. Ooh, we it have kind to of, figure this out. I know. It kind of made me like, huh, maybe my... Things that make you go, hmm? Yeah. Maybe my <laughs> hatred of Skype podcast stuff is... I think Skype is way too much like talking on the phone for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll be here to wa- help you through it. It's funny <laughs> because uh, my friend Aaron tried... I was just laying on the couch watching TV and he was trying to FaceTime me and I just kept <laughs> like, shutting no, it. No. I kept shutting it down. I kept shutting it down. And he's like, you're so stubborn. That's and I'm so like, funny. I don't talk on the phone and I sure as hell don't FaceTime oh, with somebody. That's really funny. Uh, so yeah. So there was, I was also going to bring up the reviews thing, but you already brought that up. I wanted to say what's up to Tobias Whalen. It was oh, amazing yes. yeah. seeing you. I, I think he's probably way more well-known than we think he is. Yeah. I think he's like this guy who has a cool website and writes some books and knows a lot about the paranormal and happens to be a stranger. But yeah. he was on an episode of Expedition X, which is Josh Gates' new show. Yeah. And I was like freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, this guy is a stranger on it. My husband was kind of impressed. So yeah. that was so, I had to text Kurt right away, but that was so cool to see him on TV. Yeah, he so. did a really good job too. Yeah. I, I watched that episode, but then I got rid of my cable TV this week. So oh. I don't know where I'm going to watch that. I think you can probably do it on the website. Usually yeah. like Discover, it's Travel Channel, I think. Yeah. Usually you can watch full episodes on their websites. Yeah, I, it just, I didn't watch enough stuff to warrant Justify it. the cost. No, and I said yeah. I'd, I'd put on something and then I would lay on my couch and play on my phone and I wouldn't even watch right. it. So it's like, get rid of it. It's the pointless. only things that I seriously watched were The Walking Dead, mm. which was getting dumb anyway. And I only <laughs> watched it now because I love Negan. Um so crazy. And Destination Truth. Yeah. Or, uh, Expedition Unknown. Oh, I miss Destination I do too. Truth, though. <laughs> and uh, Doctor Who. Those were the only oh, things that okay. I really watched, so I'll just have to figure out something else. And uh, I don't even know where I was going with that anymore. I'm just rambling. <laughs> Random <laughs> but ramblings no, before with we started, we started talking about, uh, before we started the podcast, Krista oh. brought up the, the coronavirus thing, and I was literally just reading something this morning, and I'm guessing, like, I'm surprised how much news is clickbait that they mm. sensationalize what they're talking about in order to get you to read the article and i don't remember it being that bad in the past but it's it feels like it's bad now but the article was basically called something like you're gonna catch the coronavirus so mm. get prepared they're and saying then you there's... click on it and it's like don't go to china yeah but but they're <laughs> but they're saying that there's a very good chance that you and i are both gonna catch it at some point Ugh. that it's it's making its way around that's so scary it is what what's really even scarier though is that that's true Nobody's telling us. Well, no, they're not I haven't heard tell this us. in the news. Well, they like to scare the bejesus out of us with everything else in the news. Why aren't they actually warning us about something we should be worried about instead of, you know? I feel like they kind of are. I haven't heard it. I've heard it mentioned what the death toll is, but not that we need to be worried. I've yeah. never really heard anybody say we need to be worried unless you've been in contact with someone who's traveled. But I see a lot of news stories saying that it's going to hit you at some point. Really? Yeah. I guess I don't watch the news. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I watch the weather, and as soon as they get into all the horrible things people are doing to each other, I change the channel yeah. to, like, HGTV. Because the worst thing that happens on there is, like, oh, they picked the tile I don't like. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> this is about as much drama as I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm just tuning out and... 
I, I've got my eyes closed to what's I don't going know. It on. Is, it is scary stuff, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I just always think of Stephen King's The Stand, because mm-hmm. that's kind of how the world ends, is this super flu virus that goes around and kills everybody. Well, I feel like there's so many movies about stuff like that where... Yeah. Not... You know, zombie movies are a good example, but how society ends up like everybody is just, but it's every man for himself at some like point. It sounds like the virus is so weird that not everybody gets the same symptoms. You're right. not necessarily going to die. It depends on your immune system probably and yeah. how compromised you are to begin with, yeah. but I don't know. So who knows? Could be one of our last episodes. And I never get the flu shot. I but I don't. I think this, this is different than this the flu. Is, this is dark. It's flu-like but, symptoms. Yeah, this is dark. But I thought about it on the way here, and I don't remember how it came up. What if one of us died? Yeah, I then, wouldn't. We. Well, I a, would, that'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that would be horrible. I would but, not. The podcast would no, have to end. No, I couldn't. Like, do I would it without not you. do this without you. Yeah. So let's not die. Okay. Okay. We have a pact. Kurt if, and I are not dying. If the pandemic comes up here, we'll seal ourselves in our room here. <laughs> yep. Get Jim. Bring yeah, Jim. I got to bring Jim. And Lucy. I'm uh, sorry. Lucy's got to come too. That's yeah, my dog. I'll have to bring Narnia. It'll yep. be cramped. But... Oh, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's it for housekeeping. Okay. I know there's something I'm forgetting. Of but course. There always It'll is. come up at some other point. Yep. Uh, our taste test today is tied in with the episode. Okay. So this whole episode came about because a couple weeks ago, we got an email from stranger Brad Medeiros, mm-hmm. who... Is he the one who has Bob from Bob's Burger as like his I think so. profile I picture? I think so. I love Bob's But Burgers. he emailed us and said, you know, he loves the podcast and he wanted to pitch Alabama as the next Strange States okay. episode we did. And he put together a PDF of possible locations we could oh talk God. about. That's so awesome. it's like, if he went through that trouble, that's the least we, we could do. do it. It's a strange, is a Strange States episode for him. So this one is all for Brad. This is a Strange States Alabama and he sent us a package and said that he's given us a break from the nasty stuff that we always eat. <laughs> and I actually think it's kind of a cool idea for when we do a Strange States episode to do oh, something specific for yeah. that state. And one of these I actually bought because I have one gas station in town where I can buy it. Okay. And I buy it all the time because I love it. But he sent us an Alabama, the like official Alabama treat, which is... Moon pies. <gasps> moon pies. Ooh. So we have moon pies and we have RC Cola. Oh, RC Cola. You know how long it's been since I've had an RC Cola? I, I seriously have one of these every couple weeks. Really? I love RC Cola. Oh, I haven't had a moon pie since I was a kid. And what's funny about that this is, is I haven't had moon pies, like, like you just said, I haven't had moon pies since I was a kid, but I have gotten to be very good friends with Stranger Carly. Okay. From Australia. Morgendorfer? Yeah. Okay. Who sent us the Vegemite. Yes. And she just recently was on like a whirlwind tour of the States. Uh, I believe her and her boyfriend flew into Las Vegas and they were in Las Vegas, saw Lady Gaga and all that stuff. And Did they go to Zach's thing or was that somebody I else think that was, was somebody talking else. about? Okay. But they were there. She went to Memphis, Graceland, went to New York. So oh, she wow. was all over the place. Hit all and when, the tourists. And when spots. she was down south, she fell in love with moon pies. Oh. And then her and I had been talking about it. So at the dollar 
star in two rivers they have or trivers if you're or trivers if you're local <laughs> they have moon pies but they're the mini moon pies they're not the full size i could not oh. find the full size moon pies well, anywhere and this says single decker which implies that, that there's, there's a probably double a double decker yeah. out there somewhere but i don't like marshmallow stuff oh, i hate I marshmallow do. stuff so i wasn't gonna try this but carly liked them so much that i wanted to it seems like it's the least amount of the you know what i mean the stuff the yeah, white yeah, stuff yeah. there's more chocolate and whatever this other yeah. stuff is so we I have love marshmallow stuff, save peeps. I don't like peeps. RC Cola. I love. I don't know. Keep shaking there's, it up. <laughs> he's like, he's I'm like, like shaking waving it, in it my around hand. in the air. Uh, there's <laughs> one gas station in town that I, I know sells this, so I go there quite a is bit. Is it hard to find? It is. Oh. Like up here, RC Cola is hard to find. What it's does like a, RC stand for? I see. Royal Crown. Royal Crown. Okay. Uh, this, the whole story behind RC Cola is actually really interesting. Maybe we'll save that for a backup episode <laughs> somewhere. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, a but mini I, I I don't know what it is, but I love <laughs> RC Cola. It's okay. one of my favorite sodas. It's it doesn't overtake number one, which is Coca Cola from McDonald's, because for some reason that is the, the watered best. down Coca Cola. It's got to be no. There's something with down. the McDonald's Coca Cola. Really? That, oh my God! Yeah, look at like looks look they at they put heroin online. in it. <laughs> they, uh, people think that they put something in there because the I'm Coke sure from do. McDonald's is so good. They put something. And there's in a lot all of stuff, stuff that it like comes in a special container because they go through so much of it huh. that it's. I think it's like in a stainless steel container as opposed to like a plastic container. Oh. But everybody know everybody knows except for apparently Krista that yeah. McDonald's Coke <laughs> is like the best soda in the world. Okay. And RC Cola is right up there. Krista doesn't like carbonated things. I don't drink soda. So she'll have a little bit of it. Yeah, I'll oh. yeah I'll wash down my moon pie. Oh, I'm gonna go to town so on that just, box of moon pies. So Jeff um, Verhelst and his wife Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, hi Kate. Yeah, don't I say hi Kate. to Jeff. I've never met her. Oh, hi, she's Jeff. so sweet. She's so sweet. But they have two adorable kids, and their daughter Quinn is a Girl Scout. And every year I order Girl Scout cookies from Quinn. So um, Jeff dropped them off yesterday. So I will have to forego the Girl Scout cookies today because I'm because you're gonna have a moon pie. pie. <laughs> yes. I like Girl Scout cookies, but oh my gosh, I love them. It never in my life has there been leftover cookies after I started eating them. I mean, oh yeah, I, you, Jim will eat a whole sleeve I'll in eat one the whole, sitting. I'll eat the whole box in one All right, sitting. I'm gonna open these. Oh my gosh, these are so cute because they're like, of course, they're individually wrapped, but the wrapper has like a little half moon, like a crescent moon. It's so retro. Our, since 1917, this treat yeah. has been around since over a hundred years. Yep, that's crazy. I never would have known that. I'm not sure I've actually ever had a moon pie. I'm going to be honest. Seriously? Yeah, I'm not really sure. We didn't keep stuff like this in our house growing up. And I don't know. I'm excited to well, try before it. We, before we forget, we want to do two more shout outs. Yeah. And those are number one, two. I should fill all the awkward pauses to, with big sound, Bigfoot noises. <laughs> <laughs> to Josh Carpenter, who posted in The Strangers, how is it the taste test wasn't named Strange Concessions? I know. Isn't which that is amazing? Awesome. I think we should start calling I it think that we, now. I think we're going to have to officially yeah. rename it Strange Concessions. Yep. And also want to give a shout out to Heather Chambers. Yes. Stranger Heather Chambers. So cool. Who put together a list of what we ate so far on the... Yeah. So every episode, what we tasted and what our ranking yeah, was. Yeah. That's so amazing. It is. So thank you so much, Heather, for oh. doing that. So now if you just want to know like a topic list... Yeah. It's in The Strangers. It's, it's in The Strangers Facebook group. She has it in a document. So once she started doing that, I was like, wow. And then she finished it. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. kind of amazing. So that's, thank somebody you Somebody would so take much. the time to do that. Is yeah. So thank cool. you so much, Heather. Because clearly we're not taking the time. No, <laughs> we're not. We got to get more <laughs> on the ball with this stuff. I know. Oh, you want me to pour some RC? Oh, that's my error. 
a squeaky microphone boom. I think that was a bingo thing. Wasn't that a bingo? This doesn't explore us. <laughs> After I was shaking it around. <laughs> All right, maybe I, I maybe I shook like... it. I probably shook it a lot. Oh, I started my mouth. I can't mouth... even open a bottle of soda without struggling. My mouth started watering because I love. Start with the moon pie. Start with the moon pie. Okay. I love at the dollar store they have banana. Mini banana moon pies, and I love the banana moon pies. See, I wouldn't like that. I don't like banana-flavored stuff. It smells good. Okay, I have to take a... It does. I smell the chocolate. Totally. Boring. I feel bad because Carly wishes she could get these in Australia where she is, but she can't. She can't order them online? I think she can order them online. She sent me that she oh, found a place that she so could good. order them. I know. <laughs> ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Go. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a soft s'more. You know it what is. I mean? It kind of is. I'm going to take a picture of... Sorry, Carly. I wish I could share this with you. Mm, that's really good. I don't know why I'm so weird about marshmallow fluffy filling. Mm. I just don't like it. Have you ever had a fluffer nutter? <laughs> okay. It's a peanut butter... It sounds like something you got to pay extra for. <laughs> It's basic. The most basic form is white bread with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Mm-mm. It's so delicious. It's so horribly bad for you, but it's so delicious. How many calories are in one this of these? Two hundred and twenty. Oh wow. Uh huh. That's a lot. There's a lot. Worth good. Mm-hmm. Worth every calorie. It is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Between this and the soda, we're gonna have like a serious sugar crash in like an hour. <laughs> I'm used to eating the mini moon pies. This was like mm. a jumbo deluxe. It was like pie. a meal. Wow. Mm. All right. You ready to wash it down with some RC? Wait, let's rate it first. Uh, what are you going to give it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Kurt's mouth is full, so he can't rate anything <laughs> right now. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a 10 because as far as like packaged, processed, retro, chocolatey marshmallow sandwich treats go, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. You know what? I'm going to give it a 10, too. I wasn't going to, but I just saw it. There's something it's, it's really super nostalgic filling. about this. Yeah, it's super filling. And I see on there something that I like right on the front of the box. It says made with real sugar. It's not made yeah. with, with aspartame or aspartame whatever. or whatever. And I love this retro. You like that? You really like that wrapper, don't yeah, you? The, yeah, the half moon pie. Uh, like, this there's is t-shirts. So you can get t-shirts with that on it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. There's something really nostalgic about it and mm-hmm. and comforting something chocolatey and chewy and yummy so yeah i'm giving it a 10 for the whole package i am too the whole package so thank you so <laughs> thank you so much brad yeah thank you brad and i hope this does alabama justice this episode wait let's drink our rc cola i don't know if we have to rate this but we will I'm, tastes I'm gonna, like cola i'm gonna give it a 10 i think it's perfect <laughs> i think it's perfect cola like, but i'm an rc yeah fan. i don't know I'm if I do on the rare occasion that I order soda, it's root beer. But I'm a unsweetened iced tea kind of person. You are. <laughs> so I think if somebody put a, I think if somebody put a cup of RC, Pepsi, and Coke in front of me, I think I could tell them apart. I really do. I used to love Pepsi, and then all I of a sudden, I can tell the d- Pepsi. This tastes like Pepsi to me more than Coke. Like really? I think Coke has a very distinct flavor. It does. Um, this is closer to Pepsi. 
I remember my best friend's family was a Pepsi family, and my family was a Diet Coke family. Ooh. So it was it was kind of funny. like Rumbles, like <laughs> West Side Story. I'm glad they allowed me to hang out with her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love RC. but they taste very different. Coke and Pepsi yeah, taste they completely do. different. They do. But totally ten for me because I love RC Cola. Maybe I'm gonna. I'm going to give it an eight just because you love it so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm just not a soda person. No, I know. Thank you, Brad, for sending yes, that. Yes, thank though. you, Brad. It's amazing. Ready? I'm ready. We're going to oh, jump okay. in. It, okay. This is Strange <laughs> okay. States, Alabama. As always, starting with some Alabama facts. Okay. Number one fact. What do you think about when you when you think, when you hear Alabama? And this this, maybe this is just me. But I have a really obscure thing that I think of, but I'll let you go first. The thing I always think of first is Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, the sure. song Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Leonard Skinner, uh, And it's weird right? because with states that I've never been to, I have like a, uh, I don't want to say bye. I have an image in my head of what I feel when I hear that state. Mm-hmm. And when I hear Alabama, to me, that's like a positive thing because I don't know. I just like Alabama. I think Alabama, southern to me, states yeah. feel Southern like hospitality, homey. like yeah. warm and yeah. nice people. And Alabama just brings up a good feeling mm-hmm. when I hear it. And I ne- I don't think I've ever been there. But whenever I hear it. Al- <laughs> you don't think you've ever Maybe been Maybe when I was Alabama. a kid. <laughs> I don't okay. know, one of my drunk weekends when I wake up in Alabama. <laughs> so uh, so what but- I think of is Jim and I watched this like foreign movie once. It was like the most depressing movie we'd ever seen. And it was all in like French, I think. So we had to watch subtitles to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the main character that uh, was a couple, a man and woman, and how their relationship was just like really struggling. Um, and there was some music thrown in there too. But she got pregnant with, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, but all we remember from that movie is that they spoke in these really beautiful, it was all French, you know, which is a beautiful language. Yeah. And they decided to name the baby Alabama. And every time they said the name, it was like this beautiful French and then Alabama. <laughs> it was like it was dubbed in or something. Wow. It wasn't, but it's it how sounded it like, sounded. Yeah. So yeah. literally every time I hear Alabama, I think, think of that, of that. movie. Huh. Yeah. I think of that song, Sweet Home Alabama. Which is a great song, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. So uh, Alabama that fact. That is Leonard Skinner, yes, right? Yes, okay. Alabama fact number one, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, good stuff. I'm not a huge Leonard Skinner fan, but this is an amazing song. It's one of those songs where the beginning of the song is like instantly recognizable. Yeah, when that you hear guitar. That first note. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this well-known song was released in 1974, and the song. A lot of people know this, but I, I actually talked to a lot of people that didn't know this. The song was basically written as an angry response to Neil Young. Neil Young's songs "Alabama" and "Southern Man" were scathing songs that took Alabama and the South to task for its history of slavery, hmm. kind of rightfully so. Sure, but. You know, that's it's one of those things that it's like saying Germany sucks because of Nazis. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's generalizing not... something. Right. The members of Leonard Skinner understood where the sentiment was coming from, but band member Ronnie Van Zant said, quote, We thought Neil was shooting all the ducks in order to kill one or two, mm-hmm. which is true, that's which very is exactly true. true. So the band wrote Sweet Home Alabama as a direct response to Neil Young, which is totally heard in the lyrics, quote, well, I heard Mr. Young sing about her. Well, I heard old Neil put her down. Uh-huh. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Uh-huh. 
I always, when I was growing up, I never knew what that was referring to. No, but I didn't But then at some either. point, I heard that. Interesting. Yeah. And I will say, I think it's a more popular song than yes. either of yeah. those Neil Young songs. Uh, Although I love Southern Man. That's a really good now, song. Now, like, if this happened these days, there would be lawsuits and probably diss tracks <laughs> dropping, you know. Twitter rip, battles. Yeah, the Twitter <laughs> battles. But after the song was released, Neil Young went on record as saying that he was a huge fan of the song, and he would even perform the song in concert, oh, nice. saying in 1976, quote, I'm proud to have my name in a song like theirs that's cool after that van zant would often be seen wearing a neil young t-shirt during their concerts See, which is totally cool it's kind of beef that yep, i like yep but i love the fact that that song was written you know as like a response to yeah. to neil young very cool and in 2014, the state of Alabama paid Universal Records $75,000 for five-year rights for the phrase Sweet Home Alabama. Universal Studios? Universal Records. Universal Records. Yeah. The state paid yes. Universal... Okay, in order to gotcha, use the gotcha. phrase Sweet Home Alabama, okay. because otherwise they could They probably use it in advertising for travel yeah. and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Okay. I don't know if they can use the song, but I think they just got the rights to the phrase. To the phrase. Okay. Alabama fact number two... Although New Orleans, I always, people say I say New Orleans funny. New Orleans? New Orleans? See, when you ask a question like that, I don't know how I pronounce okay. it. I have to, or, <laughs> I I have say, to just organically say it. In, in I always say New Orleans, and I don't know if that's right or not. I say it New be, Orleans. Okay. Although New Orleans. I don't or- think that's wrong. I don't know. It's like Missouri, Missouri. It's Although New Orleans, uh, no, I can't even <laughs> say it. Say Nolans. Although I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Although New uh, hell with it. Although New Orleans is the modern day hub of Mardi Gras festivities. Yesterday was Fat Tuesday. Yes. The first Mardi Gras celebration in the U.S. actually took place in Mobile, Alabama, in 1703. I never knew that. Really? I always I always thought it was strictly 1703. Yeah, I always Dang. thought it was strictly New Orleans. Yeah, I had that. no idea. Huh. I'd be pissed if I were Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Mobile, Alabama still has a sizable Mardi Gras carnival with parades and parties. And as a local twist on the religious tradition, people on the floats throw moon pies into the crowd. Which That's is cool. awesome. That is awesome. I hope Mo- they're wrapped. <laughs> I'm sure they're wrapped. <laughs> Mobile also rings in the new year by lighting a 12-foot tall, 600-pound mechanical moon pie. Wow, so they really that's like, unique. Yeah, they really like their moon like pies. Their I moon think pies. that's so cool. That it is moon cool. pies are so tied in with that. Yeah, it's their claim to fame. F- Alabama fun fact number three: in the town of Oak Grove on November thirtieth, nineteen fifty-four, Anne Hodges was laying on her couch napping when a meteorite came through the ceiling, smashed into her radio sitting on a shelf, bounced off, and hit her in the thigh, leaving a bruise. And survived and is the only confirmed person in history to have been hit by a meteorite. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Could you imagine just laying on your couch napping and a <laughs> meteorite piece comes flying through your ceiling? I can't, actually. <laughs> yeah. So she is the only confirmed person to have been hit by a meteorite. I'd just like to point out that it's snowing right now. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm it's, screwed. it's very light. I'm very, screwed. very light snow. Looks like I'll be spending. Looks like I'll be spending the night sleeping. I should have brought that blanket. (laughs) I bet you could find a blanket in here somewhere. I'm sure there's something in one of the other rooms. Yeah, we're kidding. Kurt's not sleeping here. I'll drive him home before I let him (laughs) sleep here. Sleep here. This place is scary. (laughs) Alabama fun fact number four: the world's smallest museum is located in Tuscaloosa. To help students learn about classic authors like Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar. 
To help students learn about classic authors like Edgar Allan Poe, Tommy Flowers of University Place Middle School in Tuscaloosa created the world's smallest museum dedicated to Poe and his works, and it is stationed in the classroom closet. The museum has been recognized as the world's smallest museum by the World's Record Association. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. And fun fact number five. In May of 1892, the New York Sun reported a strange event following a storm in the tiny community of Colburg, Alabama. It was raining eels. And not just any eels, but a type of eel unknown in Alabama. The eel storm may have resulted from a waterspout lifting and jettisoning the fishes, the article said. But to this day, no one knows where the eels began their journey and how they ended up in Alabama. It's like Sharknado. It is. like It's like Eelnado. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It just started pouring eels. Wow. <laughs> could that's you imagine terrifying. Being, could you imagine being out in that? No. no. <laughs> eels are gross. So there are some fun Alabama facts. Wow. Yeah. Exciting. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and as always, we're going to talk about some cryptids slash creatures from the Alabama area. One that we're not going to talk about that I actually started looking into was the Chocoloco monster. Mm, That sounds fun. A strange creature that was seen around Chocoloco, Alabama since the late 1960s, but was later revealed to be local resident Neil (laughs) Williamson, who went out into roadways dressed in a cow skull and sheet to frighten drivers. Wow. Yeah. A cow skull. A cow skull. He just had a cow skull laying Apparently, around. And he wore that in a sheet and frightened drivers. <laughs> that would be so frightening. That, that was the Chocoloco. I mean, if I saw that, I'd... Yeah. Wow. That was the Chocoloco monster. Okay. So... Reminds me of Choco Taco. Choco Tacos are so Another good. Another classic. Yes. I love Choco Tacos. <laughs> oh, my God. The Falkville Metal Man. On October 17, 1973, Falkville, Alabama police chief, 26-year-old Jeff Greenhaw, got a phone call shortly before 10 o'clock p.m. The woman on the other end sounded extremely frightened, and she told Greenhaw that she saw what looked like a UFO land on a field just outside of town. Greenhaw grabbed his stuff to head out and also took his Polaroid camera just in case. He drove to the field and got out of his car to look around. He didn't see any UFO, but after looking around the area for a bit, he saw what looked like someone walking around on a nearby secluded road. He called out to the figure, but the person didn't respond. He walked closer and was amazed at what he saw. The figure looked to be about the size of a human, but it seemed to be completely wrapped in what looked like aluminum foil. There's a picture. There's pictures of it. Uh, one of the pictures will be in the teaser thing here. So, like, he took a photo of yes. it? Yes. Yeah, he okay. took a couple photos of it. Oh, I can't it, wait to yeah. see this. <laughs> it looks like somebody... Wrapped I'll in show. Foil. I can show you right now, actually. Yeah, I'd it's like gonna, to see. It's going to be our teaser. Because I have a picture in my mind. It's probably, <laughs> probably going to look exactly <laughs> like what you have in your mind. But it's going to be in our teaser picture. Oh, come on. <laughs> so that, <laughs> Krista's a little skeptical, That's I think. That's what I was picturing, but not so, like, retro so robot. It looks like it somebody looks like from, like, a robot. Uh, it looks like somebody from a 1968 episode of Doctor Who, like totally. an alien. For, it's just, yeah. The figure looked to be about the size of a human, but it seemed to be completely wrapped. I love wrapped. that it stopped and posed. I know. <laughs> I know. Completely wrapped in what looked like aluminum foil. According to the Cryptopia website, Greenhaw told reporters that, quote, it looked like his head and neck were kind of made together. He was real bright, something like rubbing mercury on nickel, but just as smooth as glass. Different angles gave different lighting. When I saw him standing in the middle of the road, I immediately stopped the car and asked if he was a foreigner, but no sound came out of his mouth. So people are calling <laughs> this a cryptid? A, yeah. Yeah. Or a UFO um, uh, alien. Okay. An alien. This is always just creatures, weird creatures yeah. or cryptids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, he said... He I think was, it's a man in a homemade alien He stopped, suit. asked the car, and asked if he was a foreigner, but no sound came out of his mouth. <laughs> Are you a foreigner? <laughs> I don't get it. He must be from California. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Walking closer to the creature, Greenhall later said that it seemed to be moving in a strange childlike way, and its movements were strangely jerky and almost simian. Well, you try walking in, in a aluminum tinfoil foil. suit. <laughs> he ran back to his truck and grabbed his camera, taking four photos of the creature. He turned the truck's engine on and turned the lights on to get a better photo when the creature bolted and ran off, running quicker than anything Greenhaw had ever seen. Well, that's a contradiction to how it walked. I know, I know. <laughs> Greenhaw said, quote, it ran in a bizarre way, seemed to have springs in the feet for propulsion. It could cover about three meters in every way. He was running faster than any human I ever saw. This is such a classic, like, 1960s. I know, like... but I think the guy's a, a police chief, oh, that's so it's odd. like, you know. Yeah, but we shouldn't automatically give, you know, know. more know. credit to those people. I know, cause... It's the authority fallacy or whatever that's totally. called. You immediately want to believe him yes. then, but... Maybe Greenhaw really tried gullible. to follow the creature in his truck, but even at 35 miles an hour, the creature was outrunning him through the field. Greenhaw soon hit a bump in the field and went into a ditch, and whatever the creature was, it was never seen again. Hmm. According to the Cryptid Wiki site, Cryptid Wikis are really, really good. Is it? Yeah, I ended up going there a lot for research. For, for research. Okay. According to the Cryptid Wiki mm-hmm. site, Greenhaw was interviewed by the news about the incident and was kind of the talk of the town for a while, but then he went on to greatly regret that it ever happened. A few months after the incident, the town council fired him as the police chief, his marriage fell apart, and his home was burned to the ground. Wow. Yeah. Groups that have studied the photos mostly either call it a hoax or call it unverified, but the strange metal man has become part of that area's lore. That's fun, though. It is I fun, I like when but, you can take something like that and yeah. turn it into... There's probably little figures you can buy at some gift shop somewhere. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. Once I saw the pictures, I was it's like... Hoax. That, calling it a hoax. Unverified. So do you think that it was like just somebody... <laughs> like yeah. the dude with the cow skull? Totally. Just like somebody Choco parading, Taco. Somebody like Choco Taco. <laughs> walking, Choco Taco, There's a Choco Taco walking around <laughs> trying to scare... Totally. But somebody this guy said, said he could run crap, faster though? than any... Yeah, some a lady called in and said that she saw what she thought was a UFO. Hmm. So there's, I don't know, because there's some there's some strange stuff about this. I mean, I I kind of agree that I think it's that photo just doesn't do it for you. No, that's clearly a dude like in a poorly made <laughs> costume. <laughs> I don't. I. It reminds I'm, me. Is it Bender? <laughs> yeah, it's is Bender that what from Bender Futurama? looks like? The kind shape, of. like yeah. the shape of his head, and. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it. it looks like, like you said, a dude in a wearing, you know, aluminum foil. Yes. So I don't know. You stopped and posed perfectly for the. But photo. there's weird stuff too. Like this guy said, it ran faster than you can't run in a aluminum foil. We'll try it. If we had a video <laughs> podcast, we would put Krista in an aluminum foil oh suit and have her run through the school hallway. That'd be great. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm gonna say, not, I'm not with hoax. I'm not buying it, but yeah. there's some weird stuff there. He could have just made that up. Yeah. Exactly. The running part. Exactly. To kind of save face. But then he regretted. Like, I can't he... believe I fell for a guy in a foil suit. <laughs> yeah. I better make this sound good. Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. Okay. We're both go hoax on that one. Yeah, okay. I think so. Cryptid slash creature number two from Alabama. The Wolf Woman of Mobile. In early, <laughs> I'll show you a picture of this too. Oh, good. Is this like a, draw, a drawing? Yes. Okay. Because if somebody got a photo of this. <laughs> <laughs> disturbingly hot 
I her hair is beautiful. I mean, that looks like you. That looks <laughs> like that looks like a crystal wolf person. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so that is the wolf uh, woman of Mobile. Okay. In early 1971, the residents of Mobile, Alabama, and its I'm sur- sensing a theme here. The <laughs> 70s were like wrought with yeah. really weird yeah. uh, sightings in Alabama. In early 1971, the residents of Mobile, Alabama, and its surrounding communities had dozens of sightings of a creature that came to be known as the Wolf Woman. I, uh, now I'm I'm always self conscious because my other friend Carly that I used to work with loves the way I say wolf. Wolf. wolf? I would say wolf. Like W O F. That's adorable. The Wolf Woman of Mobile. In the first few days of April, people started seeing the creature roaming the streets at night. One witness described the creature as, quote, a woman and wolf, pretty and hairy. By all accounts, the creature had the bottom half of a large wolf and the top half of a really pretty female and would run quickly on all fours. After the initial report was made, within a week, over 50 calls and reports were made from people who witnessed the same creature. Hmm. Some citizens saw it creeping around in their backyards, and other citizens were chased by it when it bolted out of the woods near them. How would you like to be walking on the street and see that? I just wouldn't. The police were stunned at how many people seemed to be encountering the creature. Although nobody was hurt by the creature, reports kept pouring in. Then 10 days after the first sighting, everything stopped and the creature wasn't seen again. To this day, people don't know if it was a hoax or a legitimate creature. The timing of its first appearance, which happened in the first days of April, coincided with April Fool's April Day. Fool's Day. Mm. But a lot of people saw this thing, so nobody really knows. Is it one of those things where they put this out as an April Fool's joke and then people seeing something in the dark automatically yeah. assume they were seeing this strangely hot wolf woman? <laughs> you, know what, you know what comes to mind is that animals aren't like dogs... Uh, are notoriously known for getting their heads stuck in things. Yeah, yeah. So what if... The- <laughs> it's, it's stuck in a woman's Like mask? a mask or something or... It's possible. I don't know. Like, I just... What are the odds of... I'm, I don't know. Some people believe werewolves are a thing. Yeah. I just... Wow. Is she, she holding one paw up? Like, I think, she, I think she... she's like brushing her, like brushing through her hair, <laughs> her like long, being luxurious coquettish. Hair. I think she's being coquettish. I don't know. It's it's compelling that so many people saw it. Yeah. I mean, was it during the daylight or was it only at night? Everything I read pretty much said at night. Because it seems like you could easily Mistake misidentify a l- a large, something. And if you're already thinking, God, all these other people are seeing this weird wolf woman. And it could have been an animal with something stuck on yeah, its head. Yeah, it could have been. And kind of in profile looked like a beautiful lady with long flowing hair. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's the wolf woman of Mobile. I lean towards believing in cryptids because, hello. <laughs> but I don't know. Oh, that went on for that a while. Went, yeah, that was, Sorry. So I said I he was a guest in the studio today. I, I don't know. I don't know if I think this is just people. That drawing is just kind of ridiculous. The, the drawing is awesome. I really like that drawing. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to creature slash cryptid number three, and that is the downy booger. The downy booger? The downy booger. Ooh. Sounds like something, you know, from The Curse of Oak Island. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like something that the the guy who does the metal detecting would find and be like, "Oh, it's a real downy Gary, Gary booger." Yeah, metal detecting expert. <laughs> that's that's da- a yeah. yeah. He always says that's a, that's a real uh, Bobby Dazzler. Bobby Dazzler. Yeah, that's a real downy booger. <laughs> <laughs> On a Saturday night in Winston County, Alabama, during the late 1800s, cousins, cousins, 
God. I sound like I'm drunk. We, I think Conscience. we're out of practice or yeah. <laughs> It has been a while. Cousins Joe and John Downey were riding their horses home from a community dance. Ooh. As they reached a bend in the dark road, a creature that looked like a cross between a human and a beast jumped out onto the road in front of them. Their horses reared up and almost threw the cousins off. They turned around and quickly bolted away from the creature. They eventually got their horses back under control, and they turned around and went back to the bend in the road, but the horses would not go any farther than that, no matter what they did. They ended up having to turn around and take a much longer way home. Their parents didn't believe why they got home so late. So, right there, is it? They stayed out longer than they wanted to, and they came up with a story? Well, and here's the thing. I'm poo-pooing on everything today. Yeah, you are. Horses are notoriously um, spooked. They spook so easily. Like a piece of paper moves on the side of the road and they are absolutely terrified. And they will not go near that thing ever again. I mean, unless you have a really well-trained horse. But I've had coworkers who have horses and they've said they they just spook so easily. For how huge they are, they're like huge chickens. They are. (laughs) Then, one night about three months later, a family was returning home from church service. They were traveling along the same road when all of a sudden a Bigfoot-like creature darted out at them from behind a clump of bushes. It stood for a few seconds and then turned around and ran from sight. So now somebody else. So does that does that make it sound like it stood on two legs? Yes. And then turned yeah. around and ran away on four legs? No, I think it ran away on two. Oh, I think okay. it's like a Bigfoot kind of creature. When is this? What was the year? 1800s. Oh, 1800s. Then okay. that fall, a man named Jim Jackson was driving his wagon full of moonshine along the road late one night. Little moonshine, little shine. Not to be confused with moon pies. No, moon pies and moonshine. (laughs) He started to get a weird feeling that he was being watched. He looked behind him on the road and saw a giant man-like creature walking on two feet behind the wagon. He picked up his gun from the seat next to him, turned around, fired at the creature. He later said that the creature made a screaming sound like a woman in distress, bent over onto all fours, and quickly limped away. The next morning, a posse was formed. They searched the surrounding forest, finding traces of blood that led from the road to the edge of a distant cliff, but no trace of the creature was ever found. Poor Bigfoot. I know. Poor... I don't think it's... It's a downy booger. It's not... So they named it after the two guys who saw it? Because their last name was Downy. Yeah. Yeah. The Downy Booger. Aren't they lucky? Yeah. (laughs) Why did they call it a booger, though? So a lot of people saw this thing. I mean, there's at least three different encounters of seeing this thing. Well, you know me. I like Bigfoot. I know, but you, but then you poo-poo the wolf woman. <laughs> I knew she was reaching for that. You poo-poo, you poo-poo the wolf woman and the Reynolds wrap foil guy. <laughs> I just feel like Bigfoot. I mean, I you don't hear about sightings going back this far. Most of the sightings are more like modern yeah. history. Yeah, this so is the late 1800s. And Bigfoot is something that has been seen by thousands of people, but yeah. not like, you know, one guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, yes, I put a little more weight into the seemingly Bigfoot encounter. Did they describe what it looked like? I know they said No, they just said a creature. It's like like a cross between a human and a creature. Like, I want to know how tall it is. I want to know what kind of... Did it have fur on it? Yeah, I don't don't know. hmm. I don't know. Terrible eyewitnesses. I would say. (laughs) No, creature slash cryptid number four, and that is the Wampus Cat. Wampus Cat. Wampus Cat. Uh, I already like it. According to the Mysterious Universe... Ooh, I love those guys. I know. I do too. Mysterious Universe website, quote, The first legend comes from an American Indian tradition. A Cherokee woman, suspicious of her husband's hunting trips, dressed in the skin of a mountain lion and followed the hunting party into the woods. She came upon the hunters sitting around a fire listening to stories about magic. 
She hid, staying to hear these stories that were forbidden to women. The men discovered her and cursed her to spend eternity wearing the lion's coat as a half-woman, half-mountain lion. Hmm. I'm now picturing a mountain lion with a woman's head with long flowing hair. The second legend says that during World World... World... The second legend says that during World War II, the United States military was experimenting with crossbreeding mountain lions with gray Alabama wolves in an attempt to create a species of intelligent, speedy, brutal killers to use as messengers in a war zone. Okay. A few males and females of this new species escaped the compound and began to breed in the wild, their offspring becoming known as wampus cats. Sightings of these creatures are still reported today. So this is a real thing. It's uh, cryptid, technically. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. they, this is like known that they did this. No. Oh. No, these are, these are theories about oh, what caused the, this creature that people see. Okay. In 2014, Trustville... So the whole crossbreeding thing is just someone's theory. A story. It's okay. like a legend. Okay, okay. In 2014, Trustville, Alabama residents began to discover their pet cats and small dogs being slaughtered. Many of the pet owners reported catching glimpses of what looked like an unusually large feline-looking creature that could leap tall fences. Did it have a woman's head? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's the same. Huh, that's interesting. Wolf woman, give me a call. I just feel like wild cats are a thing, though. Like, we oh, have totally. them in Wisconsin. Totally. But a lot of people have reportedly seen this thing over decades. Uh, a website called theparanormalpastor.com had a article about this, and one of the commenters said, quote, I live in Mobile, and we had a creature in my neighborhood for about a year that frequently came into my yard. It was big enough to pick and carry off grapefruit, generally coming around shortly after dark. It frequently walked around on my roof and then would settle down above my bed. Ugh. <laughs> That's creepy. I tried baiting it. It liked fruit, but it did not like bread. But it was very canny about humans. What does I that mean? That it, it was very wary of humans. And oh, it was okay. like really smart to okay. stay away from humans. Gotcha. I could hear it under my window, but it would stay tight up against the house. When I stepped away and then stepped back, all the fruit on the tree was gone. Possums and raccoons would sit and eat. This thing would snatch and run. It liked a thick tree behind my shed, and it would bring its, quote, treasures, three old balls of frayed rope and a small old stuffed toy to leave for me. That's cute. Which is cute. That is actually (laughs) cute. such a cat thing, too. It once made a sort of sling in the tree with a rope, wound it back and forth between branches, but obviously could not make a knot. It once made a big round nest on the ground out of 23 pine boughs, but it was... Or bows. 23? Yeah. Huh. Pine boughs? Bow. I say bow. Bow. But it was in a, my dry creek bed, so I could not leave it there to block the drainage. One twilight, I was doing last-minute raking when something started tossing stuff at me from high up on a neighbor's tree. When the weather got cold, it came around the house more, neatly opened my and my neighbor's outdoor cushions, and took out all our stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> it was noisy moving Such typical cat <laughs> no it was noisy moving through brush and other animals were afraid of it possums and raccoons pointedly avoided the section of the yard with her tree my mother's dog visited went back near the tree and then came running back with her tail between her legs and tried frantically to get out of the yard which is fenced we had a week of severe cold and rain it repeatedly came up onto my porch and even jiggled the doorknob then would go out on the roof or under the deck I was gone the last several days of that cold snap, and when it came back, I found some screens pulled apart in what looked like sort of a partial human handprint, but with shorter, thicker fingers. No one ever saw a sign of it after that, so we assumed it died in the cold and wet. It seemed to be child-sized, and the one time I was near it, it stank. This reminds me of one of our listeners. 
Yeah. Yeah. Told the story yes. of the roofwalker. Yes. So this was the the person believed that this was the wampus cat. Mm. Or one of the wampus the wampi, whatever, you know. <laughs> I, like <laughs> I don't that. know. Wampi. Wampi. So that is the wampus cat. Oh, it seems kind of friendly and cute. Yeah, it does. Leaving the like bringing those little treasures. Yeah. I think that's cute. It's the equivalent of your cat leaving a dead mouse on your front doorstep. Yeah. Look what I did. Yep. It's because I love you. Yep. <laughs> now we get to the number one Alabama cryptid slash creature, and that is the Alabama white thang. Ooh. Yeah. That is what it's called. The white thang. The white T-H-A-N-G. Thang. Wait, say that again? Thang. T-H-A-N-G. Oh. Thang. Thang. Like not thong, but thang. Thang. Okay. I thought not you were thang. saying thang with an F as in Fred. No, not thang, not thong. No, not thing, <laughs> not thing, not thong. But thang. Thang. The white T- thang. T-H. Look at that thang. <laughs> okay, I got yeah. it. Back that thang up. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay, I, I smell what you're cooking now. Exactly. <laughs> the Alabama white thang is a Bigfoot-like creature that lives in the woods of Alabama. <laughs> is it like a Bigfoot with a southern draw? <laughs> Apparently. Okay. Sightings go back to the 1930s. Ooh. Most sightings occur in a geographic triangle in the north-central part of the state between the cities of Gadsden, Birmingham, and Huntsville. We like our triangles on this show. Yeah, we do. The creature is covered in white fur, stands around seven feet tall, and is said to run on all fours. Hmm. It will often climb trees and wait for people to walk underneath it before dropping down and scaring them off. Witnesses say they can't make out facial features of the monster due to its furry face. Maybe it's some kind of albino. Bigfoot. That's basically what people think it is. Or maybe even not even a Bigfoot, but some kind of albino. What else would would drop down from a tree? I don't know. A cat? (laughs) (laughs) An albino wampus. (laughs) According to a a 2017 article on exemplar.com called, quote, A Different Shade of Bigfoot. The article says specific details of the white thang vary from witness to witness. I just (laughs) love the name. It makes me giggle. Some of these witnesses claim to have not been able to make out any details of the creatures. Creature. Others have claimed that it has no eyes or ears in addition to being completely white. Still others have said that it looks like a bear with the head of a lion, which is weird. One witness is... One witness had even claimed that the white thang could shapeshift and that they saw it change from the size of a chicken to the size of a cow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's something. Yep. Peter J. Gossett, who runs a website on Winston County history, was told a story by his aunt, Frenda Martin Smith. He recounts her story saying, she said, quote, Old man George Norris seen it over there in Enon Graveyard, and he said it looked like a lion, you know, bushy betwixt a dog and a lion. It was, it was white and slick with long hair. It had a slick tail down at the end of a tail, a big old bush of hair. George like a lion. Lent, George leant up against a tree one night and fell asleep. When he woke up, the sun was just rising, and the white thing was just laying beside him looking at him. <laughs> he says it didn't hurt him or anything. Hmm, he wanted to do a cuddle. Yeah, he wanted a <laughs> spoon. <laughs> make spoons. He wanted to make spoons. <laughs> Could you imagine waking up and turning? There's a uh, no. albino Bigfoot things just standing there, look, staring at you. No, I can't imagine that actually. More than beautiful. <laughs> he said it didn't offer to hurt him or nothing. It didn't offer to hurt him. <laughs> that's what. That's the exact quote. I'd, I'd like to offer to hurt you. That is you the now. exact quote. According okay. to an article on the Awesome Mysterious Universe site, quote: "It's not the beast's appearance or behavior that causes fright. People who've encountered the white thing say it's non-threatening." The monster's scream is what shatters people's spirits. The shriek, like a woman or baby crying, not only barks in the dark woods at night, 
but witnesses have also heard the sound coming from the hulking white-haired monster as it loomed over them and screeched directly into their face. Well, that would be terrifying. It's <laughs> terrifying. So, like yeah. waking up with that thing next to you and then it screams in your face, yeah. I would die. Yeah. An article by Madison Howard on the website smalltownmyths.com says, quote, we have a personal connection to the creature. I grew up in central Alabama on the edge of the White Fang's geographic range. My great-grandmother talked about seeing a furry white creature that watched her hang up wet laundry on the clothesline from the woods. She described this encounter to my grandmother, who recounted it to me. My great-grandmother supposedly talked about this creature as if it were a deer or raccoon or any other animal. She was known as a serious, practical, no-nonsense woman who would never make up any far-fetched tales. It is not uncommon for the older generations to talk about the white thing as if it were any other creature in the woods. Hmm. And that is the Alabama white thing. He sounds adorable. Sounds like a... Maybe he's hanging out with the wampus. It could be. They're probably all buddies. Maybe even the metal man. No, Chris the is not. Metal man? The metal oh, man? the metal man? No. 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 Chris is not buying the metal man. But that is like Alabama's big cryptid is the white thing. The white thing. The white thing. <laughs> like so, couldn't come up with anything. anything I like you white know? thing. I think that's a really cool name. That's fun. Time for some RC. Alabama style. So now transitioning from cryptid slash creatures to paranormal stuff. Uh, in the middle of the two, we kind of have Hug and Molly. Molly is said to be a seven-foot-tall apparition of a woman dressed in flowing black with a large-brim hat. She is said to appear and roam the streets of, I think, Abbeville. I think it's Abbeville. Of Abbeville, Abbeville, Alabama, after dark. Legends say that she will chase down children, put her arms around them, and squeeze them tightly, and then scream into their ear. Oh, my God. (laughs) Other than this, she is said to not have harmed anyone, although there are rumors of some children being squeezed to death. Legends say that Hugging Molly is the ghost of a woman who lost her child and dealt with the sorrow of this loss by hugging other children. To death. To death. Well, some to death, (laughs) apparently. There are also reports that some versions of Hugging Molly were a professor at the former Southeast Alabama Agricultural School who was dressing up as the figure trying to keep students safe by scaring them off the streets at night. So can I clarify? Is it hugging huggin'. Molly or hugging? Hugging. Hugging Molly. Hugging. Okay. H-U-G-G-I-N apostrophe. All right. Hugging Molly. <laughs> so some people believe that this teacher was actually dressing up in order to get the kids off the streets at night. Okay. Uh, and there's a cafe in downtown Abbeville named, of course, Hugging Molly's. All right. So that's Hugging Molly. Well played, teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what. There's a lot of dressing up. There's a, there's a lot of dressing up. There's the dude yeah. with the cow skull. There's Waco, the metal man. Choco, 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 taco. There's the metal man. There's the Hugging Molly teacher. So okay. very weird. Now we get to haunted locations slash spooky locations. Location number. I don't know why I went up number wise on the other ones, but I go down on this one. So. <laughs> I got to get my stuff together. <laughs> so haunted location number five. Bill's, that is funny. It is funny. Haunted okay. location number five, Bill Skeeto's Hole. <laughs> wow. I don't know why that's so... <laughs> I don't know either. You want to stay away from Bill Skeeto's hole. I got too much sugar. <laughs> you have had too much sugar. Oh, okay. I'm leaving that all in because okay, your laugh good. is adorable. <laughs> My wheeze. Your wheeze. It sounds like a wheeze. Number five, Bill Skeeto's hole. <laughs> okay. 
www.alabamahauntedhouses.com tells a story about this. On December 3rd, 1864, a Methodist minister named Bill Skeetel was crossing the, oh boy, was crossing the Choctawatchee River when a group of men jumped him and told him that he was going to be lynched. Some accounts say that it was believed Skeetel had deserted from the Confederate Army to take care of his sick wife, and others say that he aided pro-Union men in the area. Nobody is really sure. The men grabbed him and dragged him down onto the road, beating him and forcing him to crawl through the sand. He was dragged to a post-oak tree near the road, and a rope was strung up. The men asked him if he had any last words, and he said he did, and he asked if he could pray. Instead of praying for himself, he prayed that God would forgive his murderers. Wow. I know. Give that guy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. I would have had <clears> some. That's true faith I would, right have there. Had, I would have had some words. <laughs> right. When it came time to hang him, the men had underestimated Skeeto's height, and the branch he was hung from bent down, allowing him to get his feet on the ground. Skeeto was moved to the side, and one of the men dug a hole roughly 30 inches wide and 8 inches deep, giving enough room for the execution to proceed, and Bill Skeeto was strangled to death. Jesus. Oh, sorry. I swore. Yeah, it's not swear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Skeeto or Skeeto. I'm saying Skeeto. I like Skeeto. Skeeto. In the years following his execution, the entire lynching party died of unnatural causes, including one member who was killed after being struck on the head by the limb of a post oak tree. Mm. Even stranger, the hole that had been dug beneath Skeeto's Skeeto, even stranger, the hole that had been dug beneath Skeeto's feet remained unfilled for roughly 125 years because, despite attempts to fill it back up with dirt, rock, and debris, the hole always mysteriously went back to its original dimensions. Nobody could figure out why the hole was constantly empty. Campers have even claimed to have pitched their tents right over the hole after filling it with dirt, only to find the hole empty again the following morning when they woke up and were sunk down in the hole. And why would you why camp would you underneath that? there? I don't know. I don't know. That's so weird. Unless it's part of like a campground now, I don't know why you would do that. Rumors have said that the ghost remained hung in the tree and the ghost's body swaying at night kept the hole clear. There were several unverified reports of the area being haunted at night with strange figures being seen moving among the trees and strange sounds coming from the area over the years. In 1990, the hole was finally buried underneath tons of rock for a new highway bridge, but a plaque at the location commemorates the strange story of Bill Skeeto's hole. Hmm. So, Not as funny as I originally thought it was going to be. <laughs> no. Wow. But hmm. yeah, I mean, it's... That's yeah, there's a lot Sad. of pictures online. Like I was looking at pictures of the plaque and where mm-hmm. the bridge is now and stuff. But there's, I read a lot of people's accounts that said, no, we we went there. Some guy and his cousin went there, covered it up, and then they came back the next morning and it was completely empty again. That's weird. And some people theorize that it was maybe one of his friends that were keeping it empty. Where'd they put all the dirt? You I, think you'd I don't know. See the but dirt, why would though. you? Why would you? Wouldn't you want that hole buried if you were one of his friends? I would friends? think so. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. it was a weird story. The, yeah. the Bill Skeeto's hole is a weird story. Okay. Now you feel bad for laughing so hard at it. <laughs> no, because it was funny at first. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Before I forget, uh, by the time we get to the end of the podcast, think of a song that's like one of your favorite songs or something that me a song that means a lot to you that we haven't discussed on the podcast yet. Oh, and I'll, I'll be we'll really get, hard. We'll get to that. Okay. At the end of the episode. Just remember that. Okay. We're so organized here at the Strange Sessions. <laughs> Stuff pops in our head right in the middle of podcast. Haunted location slash paranormal location number four 
is Harrison Cemetery. Harrison Cemetery's most famous resident is William Harrison, also known as Granser. Granser was born in 1789 and became a hugely successfully wealthy cotton planter. His passion in life was partying and dancing, and he built a large hall on his property where he could host giant weekly parties. <laughs> At the parties, he would spend the night dancing around while wearing his favorite pair of custom-made clogs. As he grew older, <laughs> he loved his clog dancing. All right. As he grew older, he decided that he wanted to be buried wearing his dancing clothes and clogs, and he wanted to be buried lying on his feather bed. An above-ground tomb was constructed by his slaves to accommodate the mattress, and upon his death, he was entombed in the grave just as he wanted to be. Over the decades since Granser has died, passerbys near the cemetery say they can still hear a fiddle playing and the sound of someone dancing in clogs when they pass by the cemetery late at night. Some have also heard a strange, deep voice calling out square dance moves. <laughs> so, okay. Calling out square yeah. dance moves, like, turn your partner. Turn your partner around and around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. So, that sounds like a really delightful ghost. It I does. Mean, it how, sounds like he just wants to... How can you be to, afraid of that? He just wants to party. <laughs> dance in his clogs. Uh, do you wear clogs when you square dance? I don't know. What are clogs? Are those like wooden shoes? I, that's what I picture is like wooden shoes that can't be comfortable or easy to dance I always in. think of Crocs. I always get them confused with Crocs. The Crocs clogs and clogs. look like Crocs, but they're made out of wood. They can't be comfortable. No. <laughs> why would you dance in that? anyone would wear those. Why would you dance in that? Um, I don't know. Huh. Leslie Ann Tarabella's online journal says, quote, Catherine Tucker Wyndham's popular book, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, was great reading for most in the South who loved a good, scary story. I've actually I came across that book a lot in my research for this, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. Okay. So her, her journal, her online journal says that. But my family had a different take on the book since our great granddaddy was one of the ghosts. That's right. I'm a direct descendant of William Granser Harrison, the ghost from Kinston, Alabama, who supposedly dances on his grave. A successful plantation owner, Granser, a common nickname for, quote, Grand Sir, or Grandpa back in the native South Carolina, loved to spend his cotton earnings on lavish parties. He built a pavilion for his friends and played the fiddle while wearing an expensive suit and shoes made specifically for nighttime southern soirees. It's nice to know the origin of my love of a good party and fancy shoes. After Granser died, instructions were carried out to bury him in his dancing clothes close to the pavilion to be near the music. Over the years, the parties faded away, but locals claim when they passed by the Harrison Cemetery on moonlit nights, they could see and hear Granser dancing on his grave. If the story ended there, it could have been easily ignored, which is exactly what we'd always done, since we were raised to believe strongly in angels and demons, but not the ne'er-do-well haints. The big trouble came from a few of the local folks who insisted there was buried treasure in Great Granser's grave, and took to the commonplace redneck plan of using dynamite to blast the grave to smithereens. <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Very subtle. The family paid to have the bones gathered back together and the tomb repaired. That's horrible. From like a square mile radius. That's, that's horrible. Jeez. And the tomb repaired, but the low-life scamps insist on returning every few years with shovels, sledgehammers, and other tools to break apart the above-ground burial site of Granser and the other family members surrounding him. Jeez. I wonder how old Bubba, who sits with his girlfriend dangling their legs off Great Granddaddy's tomb, would feel if I went and knocked the plastic blossoms off his granny's grave. Not that I would ever be so common as to consider graveyard retaliation tactics, but I don't think he'd be too happy if he found Meemaw's mum scattered in the grass, much less found her petals blown to heck and back. 
Mima. <laughs> Grancer's grave continues to be a popular hangout for the local South Alabama ghoul seekers on Halloween, but according to the next day's evidence of leftover empty beer cans, the only thing that haunts them these days is a down-home, non-imagined hangover caused by spirits of the cheap kind. <laughs> Wyndham died in 2011, and I know several people who personally knew and adored the popular storyteller. I'm sure she intended no malice by turning real people's kin into haunted tourist locations, for she was only repeating the decades-old local folklore. But as my second cousin once removed said, quote, Grancer may have lived with spirit, but in death he ain't no haint. And that's the true story of this frightening tale. He ain't no haint. Yeah. So she says there's no hmm. ghost. There's nothing like that. Yeah. But there's still people that... There's, a, there's an urban legend like that in like every town. Yeah. There's still people that insist that they have heard him dancing and heard the turn your partner around and around. <laughs> I love it. So haunted location number three is the old Bryce Hospital. Bryce Hospital was built in the 1850s in Tuscaloosa and it opened in 1861 as the Alabama State Hospital for the Insane. That's, such a, that's like a, a comic book name, you know, Alabama State Hospital for the Insane. Yeah. I guess that's how it was before asylum. That's what they called it. Yeah. yeah. According to Wikipedia, it was later renamed for its first superintendent, Peter Bryce, who had first begun as a 27-year-old psychiatric pioneer from South Carolina. Bryce had been brought to the attention of the hospital trustees by Dix. He had studied mental health care in Europe and worked in psychiatric hospitals in New Jersey as well as, of, as, as, well as his native state of South Carolina. His tenure was marked by absolute discipline among the staff of the hospital. He demanded that patients be given courtesy, kindness, and respect at all times. Wow. Yeah, that's actually really... Considering how, how it was, was That's very forward-thinking. Yeah, yeah, extremely. The use of shackles, straitjackets, and other restraints was highly discouraged and finally abandoned altogether in 1882. Wow, for that time? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That is seriously amazing. Various work programs and other activities were encouraged, including farming, sewing, maintenance, and crafts. Between 1872 and the early 1880s, some of the patients wrote and edited their own newspaper called The Meteor. These writings provide a rare look inside the life of a progressive mental institution in the late 19th century. Oh, that would be so and I, interesting. I saw, I saw like online... You can read some you of the You can articles. read some of the articles online. You should post that on the street. I should. I, I, I gotta see if I, can ref, if I can find them again, but it was really interesting. At that time, Bryce's management and commitment to scientific treatments were recognized around the country as being in a class of its own, which totally it was, because that was... Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of at that time. By 1967, there were more than 5,000 patients residing in a facility that was never meant to hold half that many. So That's now is when you're running into mm -hmm. people not caring what they do to the... Right. The inmate, not inmates. The Well, and probably the original people yep. are long gone. And that yep. original mindset or, you know. Yep. According to the hauntingdarkness.com website, in 1970, one patient named Wyatt started a class action lawsuit against the Alabama's other mental hospital, Searcy State Hospital. This led to major changes in the way the mentally ill were treated in Alabama. The number of beds were cut drastically, and humane treatment of the mentally ill became an absolute necessity. So where did they go with the people that they had, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. The landmark Wyatt versus Strickney case would change Bryce drastically. Old Bryce Hospital was the African-American portion of Bryce Hospital and was notorious for being even more cruel than its white counterpart. Oh, After Wyatt versus Strickley and desegregation, Old Bryce was shut down entirely and other buildings were used. 
The African-American patients were then integrated into the white population. And this place is supposedly super haunted, but any insane asylum, right. you know, the is, energy is, that must be left over at those is places. Astounding. Yeah. So uh, did you, there's the one place we go by. Yeah. Did you know that was an asylum? I did. I, Corey and I, when Corey did the podcast, him and I drove past that and we're he looking. He lets groups in. There's a guy who owns that and lives there. And yeah, he because lets I see in. people there when I drive past it. But mm-hmm. Corey was, Corey and I were like, what is that? So Corey got home and he like researched and he's like, did you know that was a, mm-hmm. the Sheboygan uh, asylum? Well, and then it was like a correctional yeah. facility yeah. and now it's just empty. It reminds empty. me of JFK Prep, the way it looks. Yeah, it's old school for sure. But uh, uh, people said lights have been seen flickering on and off in buildings that have no electricity. Furniture seems to move around on its own. Footsteps are heard in empty buildings. Telephones can be heard ringing in buildings that have no electricity or phone services. There are strange cold and hot spots in the buildings. Strange lights can be seen moving through the buildings at night. There's a constant feeling of being watched near the buildings. Screams can sometimes be heard from the buildings, and people have reported seeing the tail of a doctor's coat traveling through the hallways. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. So people say, people swear that this place is super haunted, hmm. this old Bryce Hospital. I don't doubt it. In 2010, the University of Alabama bought the property and began a $40 million restoration of the original four-story main hospital building and four of the six original wings. It is part of a $121 million project that includes a new performing arts center on the property. According to University of Alabama planner Dan Wolf, the old hospital hospital the old <laughs> hospital buildings will be used as a university welcome center, a museum of mental health, hmm. a museum of the university's history, event space, and classrooms for performing arts students. You know, a lot of times at these old asylums, they the patients were just abandoned there yeah. by their families. Yeah. Oh, totally. And when they died, there. they were just buried in unmarked graves on yeah. the property. Yep. So I can imagine what's buried the, there yeah the, the activity like the unrest the, yeah totally yeah it's just weird that it's going to be like a classroom for performing arts too I'm, it's good that they're using it for something but that for just sounds positive. like the basis of a horror movie you know <laughs> yeah. speaking of which a i really haven't watched poltergeist yet oh, Kurt. i know I'm, okay. work, I'm working on it if you can do it by halloween <laughs> <laughs> that i can do okay <laughs> uh spooky location number two and I really like this one. This is the Dead Children's Playground. Dead Children's, Dead Children's Playground. Playground. Drost Park is a children's park in Huntsville, Alabama, that sits hidden in the middle of the 100-acre Maple Hill Cemetery, earning it the nickname Dead Children's Playground. And it's cool. If you look at pictures of it, it is in the this huge cemetery. It has like a hill that goes down, and there's like a kid's park That's so in weird. the cemetery. And it's like really weird that it's there, but it kind of isn't. We had a uh, Evergreen Cemetery in Manitowoc for the longest time had a park at the edge of the cemetery with slides, swings. I guess so I if guess you it's think about weird. it, yeah, you don't. Maybe no, if you, you don't go want there, your if kids. You, want, you know, if you want to go there and see a relative that's there, right? Or you're maybe, at a funeral yeah. and the burial, and kids don't necessarily need to see a coffin being lowered into yeah. the ground. Maybe no. they can exactly. go do something more light. Exactly. I guess it's not that creepy. No. I like cemeteries. I just so. think it's cool. I like the pictures of it. You know, Maple Hill, Maple Hill. <laughs> the sugar's starting to hit me. Maple Hill Cemetery, founded in 1822, is Alabama's oldest and largest cemetery. According to the website Atlas Obscura, which is another good website. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah. 
It seems like simple math that a sparse playground built on the grounds of a century-old cemetery would come to have a reputation more sinister than silly, but the planners put it in anyway. The small array of simple playground equipment, including swings and a modern jungle gym, is set in a low spot of the graveyard and surrounded by rocks and trees on three sides, making it all the more claustrophobic. In 2007, the cemetery was running out of room, so the city came in and tore down all of the playground equipment to make room for more burial land. There was a huge public outcry, and the city ended up putting the playground equipment back up and replacing the older equipment with newer stuff. Local legend says that a small skull was found near the site of the park sometime in the 1960s, and it was discovered that a serial child murderer was active in the area. It's said that after that, he would dump his victims' bodies in a field that's right next to the park, and that there were also multiple children buried close to the playground. It's said that the victims showed signs of being held over time since they were found malnourished and some wounds had started to heal. Hmm. That's disturbing. Yeah. Uh, but That's I don't, really there, I couldn't really find any concrete. Yeah. There's a lot of varying stories that some said he buried the kids alive where the park is. Uh, and there's some that said he dismembered them and threw the bodies in the field near the park. But I think well, these are all just legends. I don't think yeah. there's anything to the, the, ch- the, the child serial killer okay. thing. I couldn't find You'd anything. You'd have to find records of yeah. like a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. That... I couldn't find anything solid, but that's okay. just what local legends say. Yeah. Uh, There's a ton of reported paranormal activity in this park. There are reports of hearing the sounds of children playing in the park when nobody is there. People hear the sound of children running through the park day and night, and they sometimes see dust being kicked up off the ground like someone is running there, even though the park is empty. Hmm. On nights when there is no wind, people report seeing the swings rocking back and forth like someone is sitting on them. Hmm. Lights are also seen moving around the park at night. The most active times are said to be between 10 o'clock p.m. and 3 o'clock a.m. And there's, there's which is odd because what kids would be out at that? Yeah, you know? no, but the, but paranormal groups do. Yeah, you know, they have to get permission time. to like do an investigation, and they say that they see stuff. They say they take pictures and see like hazy figures in the hmm. photos and stuff like that. But it's just like is is it just that is it just creepy because it's a park in the middle of a cemetery? Right. You know, I don't know. I would love to see this place. When I was looking at pictures of it, like, I love cemeteries as it is. I do, too. I love cemeteries. But I'm also someone who's not inclined to think cemeteries are haunted. No. Most people don't. I, no, I if, mean, if, if, they, I, if they believe that you haunt where you die, a lot of people don't die in a cemetery. Nobody dies in a cemetery. <laughs> Unless you're having a heart attack when you visit at somebody. At a funeral, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't think know. cemeteries are peaceful. Most people aren't attached to their body. They're attached yeah. to something else. Yeah, I think cemeteries, like when Aaron, yeah, they are beautiful. When Aaron and I are it's geocaching. It's like a park with a bunch of headstones. Yep, when Aaron and I are geocaching, we love caches and cemeteries. Mm-hmm. There was that one, there was one, I, I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, but we went to this country cemetery in the middle of nowhere and we love cemeteries and it was like kind of a misty day and as much as we love cemeteries we got out of the car and we were both like this is creepy like nope. we didn't, like we didn't like it <laughs> yeah so to get to where the geocache was there was a fence and the ground that the fence was on was kind of raised so it was like the fence was almost on like a hill okay and we had to open this latch on the gate and because of the way it was slanting, when you open the latch, the door would just swing down because it was pulled by gravity because yeah. it was slanting down. Yeah. So we did that. We opened the gate. We went to where the cache was, and <gasps> no. all of a sudden we heard clank. It and was we turned closed. around and it was closed, and there was nobody there. And Aaron is like, "How did that thing swing up in order to close?" I'm picturing 
a um what is it called the the guy who's like in charge of keeping the the groundskeeper yeah, at like a the groundskeeper like a man who did that his yeah. whole life i could see someone like that being attached to that yeah, location totally. and like yeah. oh they didn't close the fence yep. but it was just bizarre because we both weird. heard the clink and we, we turned around and it was latched and That's it impossible. would have had to fight gravity and be yeah. physically pushed back up to close That's weird so yeah that was that's my weird geocaching cemetery Ooh, I like story it. Yeah, I like cemeteries too. The from up north where I my family is all from, the cemetery that most of my family is buried in is this beautiful yeah. cemetery yep. that's like a hill and it yep. has all these trees and it's, I think if they're I, so peaceful. If I didn't want to be cremated, I want I would want to be buried yeah, there. We've come across so many neat cemeteries yeah. doing geo. I love you know. when you're driving out in the country and there's just like this little yes. There, there are so many of them around like here, when, actually. There are. And there, there's geocaches at all of these because Aaron and I have been to all these. It's so cool. Yeah, it I is cool. It. So that is... Actually, Jim and I went to Glenbula Cemetery. Oh, really? Just a few months ago yeah. because we were going by a house that was for sale in that area. There's actually a house that's for sale like just at the bottom of the road that goes up to yeah. the cemetery. We just drove through it. We didn't get out or anything, but... But yeah, we That's got EVPs there at that cemetery. Glenbula Cemetery is it's crazy. It's in the middle of the woods, and it is just... It, it, the woods drop down to these yep. valleys all yep. around it, and it's just gorgeous. But it, it has a, a draw to it. It's a really cool cemetery. So that is Dead Children's Playground. Right. Smack dab in the middle of a cemetery. Okay. And finally, our number one haunted location in Alabama, which if you're a ghost hunter, you have heard about it, is the Sloss Furnace. Huh. No? No. Nothing? No. Nothing. The sugar crash might be happening right now. <laughs> yeah, you look all of a sudden like super <laughs> I'm so out of it. Tired. You look super out well, of it. Well, maybe as you start talking, it'll ring a bell, but that name is. So, doesn't... Sloss Furnace. Uh, it was well known from Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. Okay. I've seen the episodes about it. According to TravelChannel.com website, in 1881 in Birmingham, Alabama, just 10 years after the city's founding, James Withers Sloss started construction on the Sloss Furnaces. With the goal of turning coal and ore into pig iron and steel, the furnace opened in 1882. Hundreds of men from the surrounding area applied there despite it being an unusually dangerous job, and they were hired. It wasn't the best place to work. The temperature inside the plant would often reach above 120 degrees Fahrenheit. There weren't any government agencies regulating safety or anything there, and like other places at the time, you would get paid in script, which you could only use at the company store. Oh, come on. That that was a popular thing back then, that you would only get you would get paid in the script that you could only buy stuff from the company store. Did they at least have groceries and things like yeah, that, I hope. Yeah. Well still though. Yeah, but still you can't probably you charged don't... an arm and a leg. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. horrible. Exactly, but that's how it was back then. Wow. So not only do you have this crappy, dangerous job. You got money that you could only use on the overpriced stuff in the wow. company's store. Yeah. Hmm. As expected, there were tons of injuries and deaths there. Two men cleaning the interior walls of the number one furnace were overcome by fumes and fell to their deaths. A scaffold collapse killed two men. And in the late 1800s, the body of a dead worker that was last seen leaving the bar the night before was discovered boiled to death in a water tank, oh. and for some reason he had been carrying a pair of women's shoes. Okay. It's believed that the shoes were meant as a gift for his wife, but he was last seen leaving the bar, and the furnace was nowhere near the path from the bar to the man's home, Ooh. which is weird. People think that maybe he was killed by a coworker. Smiley face killer? Just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't, I don't think it was... I don't There's know. Water we got to have an episode on that because... Uh, 
uh, Carly in Australia just wa- is watching the documentary about oh. the smiley face killers, yeah. and she's like fascinated by that. Interesting. Just a second ago, I like smacked my microphone, so in case okay. it's, it's not haunted, <laughs> it's not a ghost. Nope, not a ghost today. Also, hey, by the way, I didn't really notice the kids much in the last episode. When I listened to it in the car, I could barely hear them. No? Yeah. Good. I don't remember when I, because I edited it a long time ago, so I don't really remember if I could hear the kids really well in when it or not. When you edited yeah, it? when I edited it. Edited, 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 edited it. <laughs> According to the Travel Channel website, perhaps the most ghastly death is one that befell a worker on his lunch break. Sitting near one of the large flywheels used to power the huge scalding boilers, he leaned in a little too close and the wheel caught his clothing, slowly dragging him into the gears. Witnesses at the time shuddered. Each time the wheel went around, there was a little less of their friend. Oh my God. (laughs) That's horrible. That's a horrible description. Oh my God. The noises. I know. No. I know. They also say... I hope he was killed instantly and didn't have to feel that. I could not... We have, uh, where I work, we have, it's not anywhere near the same, but we have things that like you put your rings on and it vibrates to straighten them. And back in the day, girls would get their hair caught in them all the time and it would start like pulling their head down. I mean, you wouldn't get like dragged. It was like a tiny machine, but you would have have to have safety measures in place now. Yeah. You would have to have somebody would have to come and cut your hair because your head was like stuck and it was like yanking your hair. Do you guys have lockout takeout? Yes. All right. Yes. (laughs) Perhaps the most grisly death. We've already done that. A little less of their friend. Already did that. They also say on September 9th, 1887, Richard Jowers was working at furnace number one. Standing near the top of the furnace, he slipped, and he and the heavy bell he had been preparing to melt tumbled into the molten steel below. There was nothing anyone could do to help, and they stood by helplessly as Jowers was incinerated. It's rumored that they were able to save his head and several bones before his remains were lost completely. That's horrible, too. Oh, my God. This was in 1987? 1887. Oh, 1887. Okay, I was going to say, wow. Yep. I feel like conditions should have improved by then, but... Yep. And then there's slag. This came up a lot in the Ghost Adventures episode. Slag. Slag. Okay. According to the FrightFurnace.com website, in the early 1900s, James Wormwood, nicknamed Slag, was the foreman of the graveyard shift, the period between sunset and sunrise, where a skeleton crew of nearly 150 workers toiled to keep the furnaces fed. To impress his supervisors, Wormwood would make his workers take dangerous risks, forcing them to speed up production. During his reign, it said that 47 workers lost their lives, 10 times more than any other shift in the history of the furnace. Countless others lost their ability to work due to accidents, mishaps, and even a recorded explosion in the small boiling engine house in 1888 that left six workers burned blind. That was supposed to impress people? I guess. Wow. Needless to say, Slag was not very popular. He was described at best as a cruel man. In, Octo- in, October, in October of 1906, Slag was at the top of the highest blast furnace known as Big Alice when he slipped and fell into a pool of melted iron ore and was instantly incinerated. Hmm. Slag wasn't known to have ever went to the top of the furnace before, so there's a lot of speculation that he was taken up there and murdered by his workers. Hmm. In the years since his death, the ghost of Slag is said to haunt the furnace. Also, according to FrightFurnace.com website, there have been many stories from past employees about being shoved from behind by invisible hands or hearing the sound of a man screaming, get back to work, when there should be no one there at all. 
Probably the most horrifying tale occurred in 1971 when the night before the plant closed, Samuel Blumenthal, the Sloss Night Watchman, who was nostalgically taking a last look around, found himself face-to-face with, quote, the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it simply as evil, a half-man, half-demon who tried to push him up the stairs. When Blumenthal refused, the creature began to beat on him with his fists. Upon examination by Dr. Jack Barlow, Blumenthal was found to be covered with intense burns from the punches. He died before ever returning to Sloss. Burns. That's strange. In 1947, three supervisors are said to have turned up missing. They were found unconscious and locked in the small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant. None of the three men could explain exactly what happened to them. All agreed that they were approached by a man whose skin appeared badly burned and who angrily shouted at them to get back to work. Wow. Yeah. There have been more than 100 reports of suspected paranormal activity at Sloss Furnaces recorded in the Birmingham Police records. Hmm. So this place is supposed to be super haunted. Now... According to the Last Gasps Paranormal Group at lastgasp.com, quote, The story of Wormwood is fiction based on the death of a very popular and well-liked assistant, foundry man Richard Jowers, who died at another company, not Sloss, on Mm. the other side of Birmingham on September 9th, 1887. Jowers allegedly fell into the furnace while supervising the repairs of the melting bell, a kind of funnel. The original Wormwood hauntings, as well as his death, are first recorded at Alice Furnace No. 1, but when it was decommissioned and destroyed in 1905, the legend somehow shifted to Alice No. 2 until its demolition in 1927, when the ghost apparently moved across town to Sloss after that. (laughs) Most of the Wormwood legend is from the haunted house at the Sloss location. They have a haunted house now there. that, Like a Halloween haunted house? Yeah, like a Halloween haunted house. Okay. Additional confusion is linked to the 1978 book, The Ghost in the Sloss Furnaces by Catherine Tucker Wyndham that uses the fictional name of Theophilus Calvin Jowers. And according to the Roadside America site, quote, the organization running Sloss like to emphasize the location's human side, the people who work there. But that approach has taken an unexpected turn with the rise of ghost tourism, which is only interested in the people who are dead. Thanks to the cable show Ghost Adventures, Sloss is now known for its haunting by an evil foreman, Slag, who reportedly worked his employees to death and was eventually pushed into the furnace. Unfortunately for those ghost fans who care about an apparition's credibility, Slag never existed. Sloss marketing officer Rachel Vershore states, quote, We get a lot of questions about Slag. Ghost Adventures came down and they talked to our Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> talked to our Halloween Fright Furnace crew. They told them about Slag, a legend that they had made up, and I guess Ghost Adventures assumed it was true. Hmm. So Ghost Adventures went on their show, talked about this Slag, never existed. It was hmm. it was made up by the group that runs the haunted house oh, there. Funny, yeah. So basically, funny how something like that can take, yeah, can be presented as true. But Sloss Furnace is like always comes up on the hmm. most paranormal active places in the country. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's so weird. Yep. So it's. I'm sure that it's, I'm sure people have died there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's probably activity there, but mm-hmm. the whole stuff with slag. blown out of proportion. You know, Zach yelling for slag to show himself, to punch him. You know, that was all just 
That was all for sure. Bushwalk. Classic Zach Baggins. Yeah. So that was all, you know, and then that kind of perpetuated the whole thing about this slag that people who saw Ghost Adventures are like, no, this place was haunted by a four men named Slag. And none of that is true. Hmm. So, okay. eh, on that. Wah, wah. I mean, it probably is haunted. There's probably stuff that does happen there. I mean, there are a lot of, of accounts of people feeling you know, pushes, feeling pushes whatever, yeah. and hearing things. But as far as the majority of the stuff, especially the Slag stuff, not so much. Hmm. And I don't know how I feel about like a place like that having haunted houses. Yeah, that's like exploiting the sad it's history. It's exploiting it and it's also blurring the lines between genuine, you know, paranormal stuff and some dude in a mask jumping out of a closet at you right. with a chainsaw. You know, so yeah. I don't know. It's sort of like JFK Prep having Exactly, houses. because JFK Prep <laughs> did have haunted houses yeah. there. That was a cool aerial photo that Rhonda posted yeah, on the street. JFK Prep. Yeah, once we yeah. do a Strange States Wisconsin, we're going to talk about JFK we Prep because we have to. So there you go. There's mm. a couple cryptids slash creatures and some strange locations from Alabama. Fascinating. From Sweet Home Alabama. Hopefully we did it justice. You know. Were these some of the things that Brad... Yeah, okay. yeah that he had in, the, nice. in this PDF. Very cool. So I, I do, I really like doing the strange state stuff because I, I like looking up all this stuff. It, yeah. I'm kind of, it amazes me how many large cats turn up in the cryptid mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't expect that when I started looking at this, but every one so that far, I odd. think it's had a big wumpus cat type creature. Yeah. Well, that's you know, cool. Downy booger. Well, how many states thing, have you done now? Three. We have done Ohio. We have done Missouri and we've done Alabama. Okay. We have so a now lot I think we need, now we need to move to the, the. West Coast. West Coast. We need to do a West Coast one. Or somewhere in the Northeast. Or... Yeah. Yeah. When are we going to do Wisconsin? I kind of figured that'll be one of our last shows we do will be Wisconsin. Okay. I know, not that I'm planning on us to be done, you know. So we're never doing Wisconsin. So we're never doing Wisconsin. <laughs> I figured we'll hold off on that one as far as possible. That so might we do, be... if we do one episode a se- or one state a season, oh, that's a lot that's of seasons. That's a lot seasons. of seasons. I was looking yeah, at something. I was that. looking at a picture of you from. You were looking th- at a picture of me. Yeah. Not, 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 not like, not like longingly, but you know what I mean. Like, I was going through my. It's the one of you pointing that I love. That oh, picture the one of you, that you posted. But then I looked at the me. date on there, and it's like, God, we've been doing this for a long. time. Was that time. from season one? Yeah. Yeah, was I like think one of I our, used to sit over yes, here. Yes, because I was thinking about that. I'm like, when did she used to sit on that side of the table? Yeah. Because that's weird. Yeah, I but that was move. one of our first episodes, and I can't believe how long we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're still doing it. Yeah. Like, I look forward to this. Like I was like, look at how long my hair is. I know. I'm growing my it's hair out again. It's neat at all your different hairs. You know, you got it your... It changes a lot. It does change a lot. I'm always with the same old baseball cap. Uh, I chop it off once a year. My hair yeah. grows like a weed, so... I always look the same. <laughs> But Just, th- you have different glasses now, Kurt. Yeah, thanks. I think that's it. I think that's that's all we got for Alabama. It was interesting. I love the state episodes too. So hopefully it was okay. It was great. Um. Is oh, and I also want to say that we have uh, Corey came over to my apartment the other day to unhook my cable box and hook up my mm. my DVD player because yeah. I'm clueless with that stuff. And I pointed towards the closet, and he looked at that, and he was like. Seriously, and it was a stack of packages you guys have sent us. That's so crazy. So we have so much stuff from you guys, and I know you guys have sent a lot of taste test stuff. So I think after today's episode, we're going to start doubling up, and we'll try two things oh, sure. per episode just to get through the stuff. I mm-hmm. know we have a pickle beer coming. I know that's well in because there. even though stuff is packaged, it does, it does expire. Ex- does expire like so, all that Japanese stuff yeah. that we can't try now yeah. because it sat Ex- too long. Yeah, so I don't want that to happen. After this one, we're going to start doubling up. Okay. So. 
but thank you guys so much for the packages. It just amazing. amazes me. Like, I just, and I wonder yeah. if people at the post office must look and like, what is the strange sessions? Like, they must wonder <laughs> right. what the hell I'm doing. Hey, if we get a new listener that way, that's cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So instead of doing a listener question, it's kind of a listener question. It okay. was sent to me, and this is what I asked you about. And I thought this was actually really cool. It is from our listener, Shannon. Okay. I don't, I don't think she's ever... I'm assuming it's a she. She's a stranger? I know. I've known no. a sh- I knew a Shannon in no, high school this isn't, was a this guy. Is, I know. So do I. I'm friends with a Shannon. I just assume that this was a girl. So yeah, hopefully it's know. not. Shannon writes, Hi, Kurt. Hi, Krista. Longtime listener here. Absolutely love the strange sessions. I avoid social media, so I'm not on Facebook or Instagram or anything. Totally get it. Totally get it. Wish I was that brave. I kind of wish I could do it too. But then there'd be no Facebook I know. Page. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So since I don't participate online, the way I get to know the both of you the best is through listening to you on your podcast and your music choices. So could you do me a huge favor? Whenever you guys have a bit of extra time at the end of the show, could you each mention a song that you really love and is personal to you? With the thong, with the thongs, <laughs> oh boy, with the songs you two have mentioned in previous episodes, I have made a strange sessions playlist for myself, and I would love to keep adding to it. Oh, I think that's, that's so cool. So cool. I, think I wish I knew a... what was on it because I can't remember all the songs I've ever. I'm talked sure Beastie about. Boys. I yeah. talked about that uh, motorcycle drive by by Third Eye Blind. That's one of my Simon favorite songs. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. She says I made mm. have made a strange sessions playlist for myself, and I would love to keep adding to it. Thank you so much. Keep staying strange, Shannon. That is the coolest. It is. So that's why. Well, hi, thank, Shannon. Hi, and Shannon. Thank you so much. That I think is it's so, so cool that she's doing a playlist oh, based hard. on songs that we like. Because I can't keep track of what I... I have a song in mind, but I'm worried I've talked about it. I just do it anyway. So have I talked about Ramble On? I don't from... By like, Led Zeppelin. No, I don't think you have. I know you don't like Led Zeppelin. I, yeah, don't bring that up because it gives us bad <laughs> reviews on We got iTunes. a bad review God about forbid. your opinion Led on Led Zeppelin. <laughs> okay, so... Ramble On by Led Zeppelin is a song that gives me all the feels. And there's a couple reasons. A, if you've ever listened to the the opening line is leaves are falling all around. And to me, that's like fall. So it just has the song is about things ending and like moving on. And it has like this kind of like sentimental nostalgia it makes me feel nostalgic for some reason well for one specific reason but just in general i love the feel of it i love the guitar it's acoustic i love there's just so many good things about it but it's also about the lord of the rings yeah he talks about Gollum at the evil wall and in the darkest depths of mortar and stuff like that we just watched lord of the rings actually but the real reason that this song sparked uh, an interest in me is because I've talked about fish shows a lot. I used to go to a lot of fish shows. And the very first fish show I ever went to at Alpine Valley, they did this. 1997, I think it was, they opened the show with a cover of Ramble On. Oh, I bet you were happy. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but it's not only that, but every time that song comes on, it was my first fish show ever. I get the chills just thinking. And we were down in the pavilion, which the lawn is fun. But the pavilion is where all the energy is at. So to be there for my very first show and have them open with a song like that was just like, so every, my husband and I never, you can never pass that song up. You hear it, you stop, you listen, you reminisce. Like it, that song just gives us the feels every time we hear it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good song. Mine isn't anywhere near that sentimental or (laughs) or cool. So now I feel kind of bad, but I've actually, it's, it's one of the songs that I just love and it's, 
like a faster song. A lot Probably of my something songs, I've never heard. No, right? it's something you never heard. A lot of my songs that I like are generally slower songs, but this is a faster song. And it is a song by, I don't think, maybe I have talked about this on here before, but it's a song by a Canadian group called The Weaker Lands. Okay, I don't and remember you mentioning it. And the name of the song it. is Plea from a Cat Named Virtue. <laughs> and plea, plea from? A, yeah, Plea from a Cat Named Virtue. Okay. And basically the song is from the point of view of the singer's cat. Okay. Like telling him he shouldn't be moping around. You know, like he eats less than the cat does and all he does is sit and watch TV. Okay. And it's kind of like a, a pep Cats talk. Like, get it's kind of like it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a pep talk from a cat. And I have always loved that that's song. That's pretty cool. Because I feel like that's what That's Narnia. Narnia with things like <laughs> why are you just laying on the couch all day? So it's it's a, like a faster song called Plea from a Cat Named Virtue. Okay. And it's V I R T U T E. Okay. Which is like I think a Latin spelling or, or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's from the point of view of the singer's cat, and I love the song. I'll maybe post it in the strangers. Yeah, we should both both post and, a link. Uh, on the album after that, there's a song called uh, "Virtue." The cat explains her departure. Oh, and only listen to that if you want to cry because it's like <laughs> such a sad song. I know Natalie when I was dating Natalie, and from other people I've heard that they have listened to the song once and they just can't. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's such a sad song. Okay. But my song is Plea from a Cat Named Virtue by The Weaker Thans. I like it. So I like that. I'll have to Somebody's check it out. making a plea, Definitely uh, playlist. Post it. Yeah, that is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I think that's I like it that. for today. Pickle joke. Pickle joke. Why doesn't a pickle like to travel? Why? Because it's a jarring experience. <laughs> it's actually kind of I actually kind of like that. That's actually kind of cute. I feel that way about travel myself. Yep. That is actually kind of cute. Should I do another one? Sure. Who is the all-time favorite? Did I do this last time? Who is the all-time favorite pickle gangster? I don't know. John Dillinger. <laughs> you didn't do that one last time. But I, think I remember hearing that. Wow. All right. Contact information. Email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the S. Krista does a great job on Instagram at the Strange Sessions. You Is always... that in your notes that Krista does a no, great I just job? No, because just you do. That. You do. You actually do a really good job of stuff on Only there. Only when we're recording or I know, posting. You always but... tag me and stuff. I'm always excited to see when yeah. you tag me and something. Uh, you can send postcards and snail mail to the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221 0434. And you can call our hotline at 920-443-9602. Have we gotten a voicemail lately? It's been a while. Uh, We got that one from the stranger with the... She had a cold. Yeah, I felt so bad for her. (laughs) But no, we haven't gotten one in a while. So I think that's it. That's it. We're forgetting something, but... I know we're forgetting something. We'll remember it next time, maybe. (laughs) We're not. Maybe. And we'll forget something else next time. That's just how we roll here at the Strange <laughs> Sessions. Totally. So from Krista and I, from the old school media studio, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.
We probably don't need to record us eating the whole thing, but I'm no. totally eating the whole thing. Come on. Mm. You want to take the rest home? Would Jim want them? I'm free to eat them. What? You don't want them in the house? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm You're eating. still doing I'm, the... Uh, I'm so bad. I was going to ask you if you lost weight, actually. Oh. Look at this picture of what I ate last week. Your face looks skinnier for some reason. I ate this entire... Wow. It is cheese mm. curds and fries covered in gravy oh and nacho God. cheese sauce. That sounds amazing, though. I thought I was literally going to die on the drive home because <laughs> I was so sick. I'm sure your body was like, what the hell? I'm trying to diet, and it's just hard. With mm-hmm. stuff going on at work right now, I'm a stress eater, so... Mm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that McDonald's filet of fishes are two for five bucks now. Give me back that filet of fish. <laughs> Give me that fish. You remember that? Oh my god. With the fish on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna probably leave this in the episode. <laughs> I was gonna edit this out. You should but put this at the end, like maybe. after the music. If people keep listening, they'll catch all this. I should start doing that. I should mm-hmm. start putting like the funny stuff. I, I edit would. Out. We used to do it on Paranormal Palaver. Huh. Mm. Maybe I'll start that next episode. Mm. All right. I finally ate the whole thing. 